Hello and welcome to another podcast from BetfairTradingCommunity.com. Uh, obviously with me, your host, Martin. Um, a very busy week for me uh, this week. So I'm trying to kind of keep my work up as usual, but if I do drop off the radar a little bit, you'll have to forgive me. I'm trying to move house. I'm trying to beat this stamp duty deadline. Um, and basically, it's the 21st now. I'm trying to move at the end of the week. Uh, so in a few days and we haven't exchanged yet and we're going to try and exchange and complete in the next few days so it's going to be a bit mental um, but I really want to do a podcast for you guys uh, this week because I feel like there's some really good learning we can do based on um, the trades I've been doing recently I actually want to analyze a trade someone actually asked me today and they said uh, you know, Martin, how do you analyze a trade post-trade? And I thought it'd be really easy for me to do an example of how I'd analyze a winning trade. Most of the time, I'm just going to be thinking I did the right thing, right? Unless it, I just got incredibly lucky. Um, a winning trade is fairly easy for us to analyze. I think where it gets more difficult is losing trades because... There's a few factors at play here. You know, you'll if you lose a trade, it could be for a variety of reasons. And one of those reasons is luck. You know, you could just get bad luck, bad variance, as we call it in uh, in kind of uh, sports trading and, and, and even poker circles, if you've ever played poker. Um, so we know these things happen. But obviously, there are many other reasons, like we made a mistake, we got in at the wrong time, we didn't try and find value, um, and we just we just went with a trade regardless of price, things like that, that I think we can all be guilty of. Now, I've got a lot of pet fair trading experience. Everyone knows that's no secret, right? That's no secret. Um, but I still make you know, sometimes I still make basic errors. And I think that's one of the things with Betfair trading. You're always going to make mistakes here and there. It's about minimizing them. And when you do make those mistakes, working out why was it and how can you fix it? This is what this is going to be about. Because what I really want to talk about here is exiting trades but I want to give an analysis of one of my trades, which was just terrible, a terrible trade from start to finish. Um, and it happened in the last few days, so it's very fresh in my mind. It's funny because I don't know about you guys, but I think that's saying where people say, you know, you remember the losses a lot more than the wins is definitely true. And I've had a fantastic Euros trading. Um, I think a lot of these matches have been so obvious in, in the way that they're going to go. Um, the first half goal market late on especially has been very good to me. It started off a little rough, but it's got very good um, in the last few games. And just watching these international matches when they liven up, you can kind of tell, oh, there's a good chance there's going to be a goal here. Or So I think it's... Uh, it's been a good one to trade. I think even going for teams winning, you know, for example, when Portugal took the lead the other day um, against Germany and Germany were a much better team, they went odds on. It was a very, very easy spot to lay Portugal in. 
Um, and obviously they actually ended up, I think, 3-1 three, three down pretty quickly. I think 4-1 down, actually, before it went to 4-2. Um, so there's been some really obvious value plays and value opportunities. Um, but I still remember more the trade I lost the other day. And this is the funny thing. You know, you can do really well. You can have a lot of wins. But the losses, the losses are going to stick when you feel you've made a mistake, when you feel you've just traded badly, when you feel you should know better. I think, I think that's, that's something that sticks with me. I've had two of those occasions during this tournament. Um, and what, what's good about that, and why, why I bring this up, is not in any way to say, oh, look at me, I've had a good tournament. Um, you know, the real, real reason why I tell you this stuff is to say that you can have bad trades, you can have losses, you can make mistakes, and still, you know, the majority of the time, if you're doing the right things, still end up on the right side of it. Um, you know, and, and you'll see anyone you follow on the, if you're on the Betfair Trading Community Forum, if you're on our forum, you'll see people maybe you follow who are really good traders, and they make mistakes. They they don't necessarily trade great value positions, um, you know, and, and some of that obviously is subjective, but the reality is, I think we all do it. So any trader who says they never make a mistake, um, it's nonsense. I mean, I watch a lot of, uh, I, I've been really interested recently in kind of poker game theory. Uh, I've been watching some videos uh, from a guy called Daniel Negrano, who is uh, one of the best poker players basically of all time. I think he's he's the number one cash winner on poker tours and things. Um, but anyway, I've, I've watched him play for years. He's he's already he's a he's a great character if if nothing else. Um, but fantastic poker player, obviously, and uh, it's been really interesting. He's been breaking down some of his hands from the last few years and and basically a lot of the time just explaining what he did wrong and, and the mistakes he made and how obvious they are to him now and I think that's the interesting thing here's a guy who's essentially one of the best gamblers of all time and yet he's made lots of mistakes so you know I think some people get very caught up in if I make a mistake it means I'm not a good trader well I don't think there's any job in life where you're not going to make mistakes. The key is you try and make more good than more bad, right? To almost sound like a caveman expression for you there. But we try and make the best of things. And if we can try and make sure that our good trading is more often than our bad trading, then we should still make money over time. Um, and I think that's really important because... Like I say, I think there's a lot of a lot of you guys out there will be thinking, oh, damn, I made a couple of mistakes this week and I'm really kicking yourself. And it's fine to analyze it. But what you don't want to do is start telling yourself you're a terrible trader, because the reality is there's a lot of good traders out there making mistakes. Um, and I am one of those perfect examples. So please learn from this. Please learn from me. Please try and use what I'm about to tell you and, and bring it to one of your trades um, and, and have a look and try and analyze your trades moving forward. Um, so the question I got really was, you know, how do you document your analysis uh, post-trade? Um, so I thought the easiest example for showing this to you guys is to use a recent example of a trade that I lost. Um, now, 
most of my analysis post-trade is going to be in my head. So I'm going to be asking myself these questions I'm going to go through in a bit. Um, and then I'm going to be determining whether I did the right thing and I just got unlucky or whether actually I made a mistake uh, and how clear a mistake it was. So sometimes, you know, in exceptional circumstances, I will just write things on a notepad. I'm quite old fashioned, you know, I like using notepads for things like this. I find that I go back and look at them uh, a little bit more when I do that. And also there's just so many, I've got so many documents online now. It's, you know, it's it's just a nightmare, but I, I like having this stuff. I actually got, have any of you guys had this? I don't know if they just send it to people who obviously, you know, trade a lot with Betfair, but I got a little Betfair notepad not that long ago and uh, they sent me one uh, which is handy you know obviously I know I spend uh, a lot of my life trading and things so that was quite good and uh, I've been using it to make notes on Betfair which is actually uh, what they obviously sent it for and quite apt but here's the trade that I'm going to talk about it was in the England match against Scotland the other day so this is in June 21 during the Euros if you're listening in the future in the in the distant future but the reason I bring this game into it, there's actually two bad trades I've done. One was on Spain, but I'm not going to talk about that one because it's very similar. I'm going to talk about this England game because I feel like most of you will have watched that game. I know that the vast, vast majority of our members are from the United Kingdom, which means most of them are going to be from England and Scotland. And so I imagine, you know, if you're on Betfair Trading Community and you're from England Scotland, I reckon there's a very, very high chance you're watching the England-Scotland game. And it's the kind of game that people are going to remember for a long time. You know, how long do we remember the Euro 96 game? We didn't even win the tournament, but, you know, we've been going on about that game for, what, 25 years now. <laughs> so um, hopefully people remember this England-Scotland game. It finished 0-0. Um, very drab affair. So... Here's something actually that I hadn't thought about and I haven't mentioned uh, when I replied to the guy who asked me this question and I actually remember now. I said to I said to my wife, I said I said, Roz, this England Scotland game this was probably about midway through the first half, I said, This is a trap game for traders. And she was like, What do you mean? I was like, This is the kind of game where where traders are gonna lose money because it might start looking a certain way. It might game flow might happen, things like that. There's something about the way the teams are set up that I think it's going to be. Firstly, it looks like it could be a very tight game. Um, it just felt like a trap game. Uh, and what I mean by trap game as well, if you don't know what that really means, it means kind of a game that could trap you into making a trade that you wouldn't normally do. And then regretting it later, which is exactly what I did. I'm actually kicking myself more now, remembering that I said that. I can't believe I said that and still went for a trade on the game. And this is another thing, actually, before we get onto it. Another thing I will mention is how often your brain will tell you something like that. And then for some reason, you still do it anyway. And bringing it back to the poker game theory stuff, which I'm really interested in kind of creating a trading game theory which I'm working on a lot at the moment and thinking through um, how often you know a poker player 
like Daniel Negreanu, he knows what his opponent has, but he'll still pay him off. He'll still, he'll still give him the money on a hand because he's not 100% sure, you know, and it's almost like he knows the right thing to do, but he's so desperate to see the cards. And I think sometimes that's what happens with, with Betfair trading. We know the right thing to do on this match. I knew the right thing was to just leave it. But then I got sucked in. Teams had a couple of chances. I thought, oh, there could be a goal. You know, and so I got kind of lulled into it when, when deep down I knew this wasn't a trade to make. But anyway, what did I do? What was the trade I made? The trade I made was I backed a second half goal at half time. I don't know the exact odds. I don't even really want to look back at the trade on Betfair because um, I don't want to see that red figure again. That just why I know that would just wind me up a bit more. Um, but I backed a second half goal. I think the odds are around one point two five. They may have been slightly higher. Um, you know. Let's ask the questions before I kind of before I kind of go in on myself here and uh, talk about how bad a trade it was. Okay, first question I'm going to ask myself post-trade. So this is afterwards. These are sort of questions you need to be asking yourself. Number one, was it the right trade? Well, I think we know the answer to that. But anyway, I felt... And here's why I entered. I felt England was starting to have some chances and Scotland looked lively towards the end of the first half. Now, this is a mistake I do make. And I really need to cut it out, actually, because occasionally, and there's been twice in this tournament... now. Okay, there's been a lot of matches in this tournament so far. Um, I think we're pretty much at the end of the group games. And I think, what is there, six games a group, six groups, 36 games. Is that right? Anyway, so we've had around, probably around 30 games at the moment, maybe slightly less. It's a lot of games, and I've made two errors. And I've traded most, I have actually traded most of those games. So, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that bad. But I've made the same mistake twice, which is annoying. And it is one I get trapped into, is when when teams look lively at the end of the first half, and I think, oh, they're going to score. There'll definitely be a second half goal, so I might as well enter now, because I just want to make some money, right? Now, the truth is, odds are 1.25. You know, not great value, um, you need a very high strike rate to make money at those kinds of odds. Insanely high. Um, 1.25 is not huge odds on a second half goal. It's not super short. Right, okay. So it's not, it's not a clear, like, never ever take that price no matter what. Um, but it's not, it's not really a value price, you know. I'm trying to think about what would be more of an acceptable value price. I think, you know, if you if you were getting one point three five here, one point four, it would be hard to it would be hard to turn down. Um, but again, you could still do some better things and get better odds, which I'll explain um, later. And I think that's the key with the game theory stuff, which is the idea that you always want to be getting on at the right price. You always want to be getting on and doing the right thing at the right time. And there are clear ways to do that, which I'll explain. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like the first half was lively, so I often make this mistake. I think the first half is lively and I go for it. 
Okay, so I've entered the trade 1.25. Did I enter at the right time? Well, no. Um, it doesn't actually make... Now, some people will disagree with this, but to me, it doesn't make any sense to enter a market at half time. The reason being, how often have you watched a football match and after the half-time interval, the game has totally changed? The game flow is totally different. Maybe it's more attacking. Maybe it's more defensive. Maybe one team has started playing a lot better than they were in the first half. Some, for some reason, the stopping of play for 15 minutes makes a real difference. Um, sometimes it's the managers. They're able to change tactics at half-time. It's funny, isn't it? Because you wonder, well, why don't coaches just change? If, if something's going wrong, why don't they change it earlier in the first half? But they don't tend to do that. They tend to just wait till half time and go, oh, I'll fix it then. <laughs> you know, sometimes it might be too late. I never, I never quite understand that in football. Um, managers seem to let things go a very long time. But anyway, that's, that's not really relevant to this. Um, but why shouldn't I have entered at half time? Well, like I say, things can be very different in the second half. The second point is, Really, there's not anything, there's no real downside long term for just waiting to see how things start in the second half. You know, giving it five minutes at least, maybe more, having a look and just saying, okay, how is the game flow? Is it the same? Is what I'm expecting to happen happening? Um, you want to confirm your trade. See, the thing is, I had an idea here at half time that there would be a second half goal and that it was worth having a trade at some point. But I hadn't really fully confirmed that belief. You know, I mean, if you do play poker, think about it in terms of I'd kind of had my hand pre-flop, right? But I hadn't seen the flop yet. So I could like my hand. Maybe I had a hand like Jack-10 suited, right? But if I see a flop that just does nothing for Jack-10 suited, so let's say I get a flop comes like, I don't know, ace, ace, six, five, um, you know, rainbow, no flush draw out there. Situation like that where Jack-10 suited Okay, you could still get middle pair of jack or a ten comes, um, but it's not, it's not a very good flop for you, and you probably aren't going to be getting in too heavily, if you know, the flop hasn't helped you in that spot. Well, that's what's happened here is that I've kind of got my money in without really confirming the trade and seeing that, okay, the second half has started the way I thought it would, and therefore I should enter this trade. So why did I not wait? Well, I think there's always a slight fear of missing out. Um, I think that's quite hard to get rid of sometimes. And, you know, there will be occasions where you wait and there's a goal in the 46th minute. And you think, oh, for God's sake, why don't I just get in? It's very rare, though, that goals are scored between 45 and 50 minutes. Um, and long term, because you're able to avoid bad situations that you thought were good by watching the start of the second half, long term, you will make more money by waiting and checking it out, even if you miss out on a few winners early in the half. Um, because you're, A, you're getting better odds later on. And B, 
you can avoid some games that you might not have otherwise avoided, like this England-Scotland game, which I lost money on. So this is a really good example of where, to me, there's a quite clear right and wrong decision. There's a quite clear right way to play this trade and wrong way to play it. And that never changes. You know, this is the thing about sports trading theory. If this spot it's the right thing to do in this spot, it will always be the right thing to do, okay? Because that's the way sports trading is. Um, we know what the game is. We know what's, what's likely to happen a lot of the time. So if we do the right things at the right time, we can keep doing that, you know, every, every time a chance present, presents itself. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I ran it at the right time. I should have waited. I don't, I don't really see a downside to waiting, like I say. Um, did I feel it was value? So, short odds, 1.25. A lot of people will just straight out say, of course, it's not good value. Now, whilst I agree in this instance, um, it, wasn't, it wasn't the worst value in the world. You know, it was... It was more, for me, a marginal call. And it was similar with the Spain game that I made the mistake on a few days before. It was a bit of a marginal call. This is one of those trades where you could go for it or you could not. But then I think when you're good at trading, when you've got an edge on the market like I feel I do, I shouldn't really be taking the marginal calls. I should just be pushing the clear value opportunities. You know, I shouldn't be playing about with marginal trades because long term that's not really going to make me any money so even if it doesn't lose me a ton of money um i'm kind of wasting my time but also not only that it did lose me money in this instance so the reality is these marginal calls are probably bad trades they're probably not marginal trades they're probably just bad trades um that you know the expected value is not high enough in this spot England, Scotland, it's a derby. Scotland would, would be... See, one of the things you have to remember is that when one team is really happy for a nil-nil, that's a bit of a trap game because we knew Scotland were very happy with a nil-nil. Well, the worst possible thing happened towards the end of the game. England became happy with a nil-nil. Southgate didn't want to take any risks last. And actually, I genuinely think it was one of the worst football matches I've ever watched. And fair play to Scotland. You know, they did the right things and and they got what they deserved. Um, but yeah, it wasn't value. It wasn't clear value. 